Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things joyful and playful in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, teacher, author, and best of all, father to one wonderful daughter. I am here at AMLE, and we're going to do a couple podcasts here at AMLE. I'm really excited, and we're shooting one right now. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let him introduce himself, because this is kind of a big deal, man. We have another author on the show today. <laughs> I'm super excited. Oh, I, I am a nobody compared to you, Michael, that's for sure. Um, Dave Schmidto here. I'm going to, I'll go backwards. I'm the father of four kids. Go! I probably enjoy it, right? You think you're busy. Um, super pumped to be here at AMLE, um, te teaching, talking, presenting, learning, growing, having conversations with people like you. I mean, it's what it's all about. Just pumped to be here. It is so awesome to be at a convention, right? right. It's like electrifying. It's so it's exciting it. to sort of meet with people that you've you've heard of or you've seen on Twitter right, right. or you've you've watched their Facebook lives and all all of the various things uh, that people put out on social yeah, media. Yeah. It is so fun and electrifying to be in the same space. It's true. I say it's like going to the concert. You know, you, you've downloaded the album, you've listened to it a thousand times, you've got the words memorized, but when you connect with that person and see them in person, get their autograph, shake hands with them, I mean, it just takes it to a whole new level. It's pretty sweet. It is exciting. So what, what we thought we would talk about today here on Well Played, uh, you know, really looking at the kind of that joyfulness and how to bring that joyfulness into our classrooms. Dave's got a book out, and I, I want him to give the, like, little elevator pitch not, not to just sell books, but yeah. really to sell an idea. I mean, that's what all of us authors, we put that stuff into the book, not to make the money. Right. We put it in the book to, to create change. So what, what's kind of your elevator pitch to bold humility? Yeah, let's start with that. Not making money off the deal. So if that were the case, I would not be here at AMLE, no offense to you, but wouldn't be doing this podcast. I'd be sitting on the beach somewhere that's just right. living the dream it's... because I would have found the answer. So bold humility is not the answer. It's just an idea. Um, and the basic premise is, yeah, I started off in the classroom. I was a classroom teacher for almost a decade. Became an assistant principal and a principal and now work in central office. And you know, I've realized now looking back on my career that I was a bigger burden than I was a help to most of my teachers and to most of my students simply because I thought I had the answer. Sure. And so many times I thought that um, if people would just follow my lead and do everything that I said, that they would be successful and they would find magic. And I would put scripts in front of people I would put pacing guides in front of people. I would tell people the rules to follow, thinking if they just did that, that magic would happen. And I look back on it now and think, oh my God, I'm such an arrogant jerk. <laughs> Where success really happens is when you just empower the teachers to go out there and do the things that they know best. They know the kids, they know what works. Get out of the way and just support them. So that's, that's the basic premise behind bold humility is be bold enough to, to be humble and get out of the way and just support people. I think that's like, uh, you know, to piggyback on another giant in the field would be uh Brene brown kind yeah, of oh like yeah. <laughs> this uh, this uh, this notion of vulnerability though right, right? like just because you are quote unquote the leader of the yeah. school or the leader of the district or the leader of your classroom doesn't mean that you have all the answers so true right yeah. and in fact sometimes the higher up you go on that totem pole not i mean i'm i stopped at I know, teacher I know, but I the higher know. up you go it almost becomes more singular and like yeah. isolating yeah. And, and we know that the smartest person in the room is the room itself. So true. But I think we get ourselves into this trap where we start to believe that we were elevated. I'm going to use elevated in air quotes here. Um, elevated to our position because for, of for how... For the people that are listening on the podcast, he did do air quotes. Uh, there you go. Thank it, you. I appreciate it. Thanks it, for the validation. It was there. It was there. <laughs> um, I, we, we start to believe the hype about ourselves. We start to believe I was elevated because of how good I am. And the more elevated we get, we start to 
buy into that hype. And it's so bizarre, even in education, we, we can fall into this arrogance trap where we start to believe that we have it all figured out. Um, you know, we, we start to replicate and duplicate the stuff that was done to us and we want everybody else to do the same thing and expecting amazing results. And it's shameful, it really is. But the idea of vulnerability, I'll, I'll even go that route. Right now, vulnerability is trendy. And there are a lot of people out there saying, oh, I'm supposed to be vulnerable because that's gonna make me real. No, you're supposed to be real. Yeah. You, you don't have to be vulnerable if, that, if that's not you. If, if you are a person that needs to stay somewhat closed off and you think that displaying vulnerability and going out there and putting your mistakes and your weaknesses on the, on the stage is gonna be the answer to eventually get your way, then shame on you. Vulnerability is not a weapon. You know, talk about big names. Mandy Freilich just wrote a blog post about this, about yeah. how vulnerability can be used as a Mandy. weapon. <laughs> She's amazing, isn't she? She is. <laughs> um, vulnerability can sometimes be used as a weapon either against somebody or by somebody. And that's something I, I'm honestly, being humble right now, that I'm wrestling with to this day. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm not using vulnerability just to try to get people to buy in to what I'm selling. Because vulnerability has to be, I think it has to be real. It's not just displaying weakness all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think any of these trendy words, any of these like trendy movements, whatever we want to call them, I think it comes down to the fact that are you consciously being yourself? Yeah. Or are you calculating moves? And anytime it falls into the calculating moves, that tends to be inauthentic. That yeah. tends to not drive from the place of heart and from caring and from passion. Right, right. Now, we all can take some some light calculated moves. I don't want to say all calculated moves yeah, yeah. bad. Like you have to have a plan, you have to have a goal. I'm in yeah. the middle of my 30 day or one month goals and I've been loving that. So I mean like having some calculated moves, fine. Yeah. But if, if truly you're trying to make this quote unquote path to success, and you're gonna just use these tools, these trendy things. That, that's not joyful. That's not coming the from truth. that. And you're gonna tire out. That's the truth. And then, and then you're not really gonna create that movement that you want. You're not right. gonna create. And I don't mean movement in terms of thousands of people. Right. I mean movement in another individual. Is it? You start chasing people's perceptions. You start to think, am I modeling that trendy word the way it's supposed to be modeled, as opposed to am I actually living that trendy word? That's and there's true. a big difference there. And, I, again, a lot of the stuff that, that I'm talking about is stuff that I wrestle with, so I don't want people to think, hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking my own truth right now. This is something I've struggled with for, for two decades now. I'm 42 years old, and I'll tell you, 41 years of my life, I was a hot mess, but I didn't want anybody to know it. I put sure. up this facade and said, Now I you're still a hot mess. And yeah, you're but all, now I'm letting the world and know. And you're letting the world know. <laughs> there you That's go. good. That's you good. Go. I dig it. I really <laughs> dig it. Uh, but I actually appreciate anybody that puts into conversation sort of, their passion, their drive, and followed up with, I, I don't know the answer. This is what I've yeah, figured out. Yeah. These are the things I've tried. I think about that with my gamified class. People talk to me and say like, oh, like you do all this stuff. I could never do that. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I literally was just yeah. putting one foot in front of the other. And actually still now when I innovate and try things, yep. I don't know for certain it is going to work. So anybody that's out there waiting for that perfect moment, and I think so many people in life, whether you're yeah, talking yeah. about like your hobbies, or your passions, whatever, your classroom, you, you're waiting for that right moment. Well, I'll look at that this summer. I will do that later. Or I need a new admin. Or my the, the person I co-teach with would never. Right, right. Well, they'll never because you're not putting it out there. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I'm, I'm a firm believer that what we do, they do. And we meaning, if, if you're a leader, whatever you do, what you display, your teachers will do. If you're a teacher, whatever you do, your students will do. But it, whatever you do, the person next door will do as well. You know, it, 
I don't want to go all, all trendy again and say be the change you want to be in the world, but be the change. I mean, if you want to go do something, if you think something is right and real for you, go do it. If waiting around is simply you pushing off being real, being in the moment and being authentic because you're waiting for everybody else to buy in so that you can follow along and again, chase their perceptions as opposed to just being you. Yeah, I, you know, that quote that you just said, that Gandhi quote, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. While yes, it is uh, a used quote quite often. Why, well, geez, I use it for Hive Summit. Um, I think it's such a true statement. Yep. Um, in my one month goals this, this month, it's all about gratitude. And thinking through different ways you can be grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I was thinking about the, the, the school I work in. I love my school, it's a wonderful campus, it's a wonderful community. And I was walking up the stairs the other day, and I saw little like rappers on the floor, and I walked right by them. You You're know? talking like little people that were. <laughs> Not that kind of rapper. Okay. I love it. I love it. That is fantastic. Uh, you know, like little Twix rappers okay. and that kind of stuff, right? I was wondering how you could have ever walked past that. So, okay. <laughs> and uh, I walked right past it, and I stopped, and I turned around, and I went down two steps, mm. and I grabbed the rappers, and I thought to myself. If we all just did, right. like, right, I just picked up two, three rappers, took me two seconds, and the community is a better place for right. it. Right. And uh, the, the cool thing is, I think about the rest of the day. The rest of the day, I get to know I helped in the tiniest of ways, right? right. right? Like, this is not, you know, yeah. supposed to say I saved the world because I picked up three rappers. But you're creating that change. That's it. And if everyone just realized what they can do, yeah. that power they have. That's it. And you, I love the fact that you quantified the number of rappers. You didn't say I picked up some. I mean, you, you pointed out it was two or three rappers. And I, I just got done presenting in a session, and I talked about how sometimes we misuse numbers in education. I mean, we've all talked about quantifying kids and students aren't numbers. But we can also use numbers to our advantage to tell stories just like that. And I, I use the story at a school I was a principal of, I used to challenge my teachers to go out and pass out 50 hugs or 50 high fives or 50 fist bumps to 50 different kids every single day with the same mindset, it, right? Boom, go big. Go but big. That, that is an expectation. And I wanted teachers to truly document it and to keep track so that they could make sure that they were hitting different kids all the time. And it, the, the concept was we had more than 50 kids in our school. I mean, we had several hundred kids. But if every single teacher is making connections with 50 different kids every single day, sure. then those connections are going to grow. You can use numbers to your advantage yeah. to go out there and make positive change. Picking up two rappers, cool. Every day, go out and pick up two rappers. Everybody, go out and pick up two straws today. Think about all the sea turtles you're going to save. I mean, you can go out and do some things, quantify it in your own head, just so you can get the moment started. Yeah. I want to go back for a second. You had mentioned about you know, this idea of being elevated, Yeah. right? And that, you know, sometimes in education you're elevated by, by title, you're elevated by experience, like right. you, you wrote a book, you know, and sometimes that can elevate you. You're the speaker up on that stage, right. you're elevated. Um, but I kind of want to flip the script because a lot of times I think everyone in the room sometimes says, well, that, you know, that's the principal, <laughs> you know, that's them, yeah. or, you know, they're the author, or they're the keynote. Yeah, yeah. And the reality is, Everyone in that room could do could do it. That's it. If they if they want, I mean, authentically, yeah. if they want, I mean, yeah. and maybe that's not the role or the drive or their passion. And I get that. But anybody that wants these things, it's a hustle. It's a grind. Yeah. But you can do it. That's it. Whatever it is you want. I mean, 
<laughs> That's exactly. Nothing good is ever easy. I mean, we're, we're throwing all these platitudes out there that people say, but it's, it is so real and so true. There is nothing easy about anything that any of us are doing. If you are, I'm going to do air quotes again, verify I'm doing it, just it a teacher. Happened. It has happened. Get rid of that stupid just and teach your freaking heart out. And it's hard work. It's a hustle to be an amazing teacher. It is a hustle to be an amazing principal. It's a hustle to be a speaker, an author, a podcaster. Whatever it is you're doing, it's hard. It's hard to, to go out there and play Fortnite and get all kinds of kills and get that victory royale. I mean, it's hard. Yep. Don't, don't ever look at people and say, oh, it's just easy for them or that person's just the expert. BS. They worked hard <laughs> to did. get where they are. They did. It's a true story. Uh, Dave, Dave saw me set up my podcasting sort of <laughs> studio here. It's a mobile studio. And literally, like, it is a hustle to carry this thing. I think my backpack's like 75 pounds. That's insane. So to, to carry this all around, but when you got that drive, I want to connect with other educators. Yeah, I yeah, want to yeah, capture yeah. these moments and share them to hopefully make some positive Even impacts. Even finding this table where we're, where we are yeah. recording right now was hard. <laughs> this... This hotel has waterfalls at every turn. It's crazy. We're at some indoor... I have no idea. Conference center extraordinaire. If, it's like Disney World in Nashville, I guess. I, I like to say it's kind of like a cruise ship. There you go. That, like, struck land, <laughs> and then they just decided <laughs> to keep it as a hotel. Without the free drinks and pizza. Yeah. That's true. Everything's not prepaid. <laughs> oh. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so for educators out there yeah. who... Like, I, you know, what would be their sort of marching orders to you or from you sure. if you were to inspire them, if you were to sort of move them, move the needle, if you could give them some bit yeah. of advice? So I'll say something that will require some explanation. Um, but educators, no matter what your role, you have to remember that you are a big, fat, powerful elephant. I'll just let that sit for a second. You are a huge Wait, wait. Let elephant. it sit. Let it sit. Okay. Okay, now explain. So... If anybody ever went to the circus back in the days of Barnum and Bailey or whatever circuses used to roll through your town, elephants were the centerpiece. They would come in and um, everybody would ooh and on, ah, the kids would clap. Elephants are huge. But uh, at the circus, they're never a threat to the people in the crowd. They're never a threat to the people sitting there cheering them on. Elephants could go and create a stampede. They could create some major damage. Some chaos. Yeah, absolutely. But they don't. And the reason they don't is because of how they're trained. When elephants are, are born into captivity, if you've ever read about this, it, it's really an interesting and it's also a tragic story. Elephants get this little piece of rope, uh, six feet in length, tied around one of their ankles, and then they are attached to a, a little wooden stake. So when these elephants begin to grow up, they begin to believe that their world is a six-foot radius. They grow bigger, they grow stronger, but they still believe that their world is a six-foot radius. No matter how big and how strong they get, they believe their world is a six-foot radius. So eventually, the trainer comes over and cuts the rope, and the elephant still believes the world is a six-foot radius. That's crazy. I, I know. I, I tell that story because I think far too often people like me, educational leaders, educational systems, treat elephants or treat teachers like those elephants in captivity. And we take these new teachers that have tremendous power, tremendous potential, and we say, nope, your world is within the six-foot radius. And we tie a proverbial rope to their leg. And we say, don't stray. Here's your pacing guide, here's your script, here's your textbook, here's your curriculum. Don't do anything that's outside of the ordinary. And these teachers that enter the profession with all kinds of hope and all kinds of dreams and all kinds of ambition to go out there and change the world and be powerful, lose their hope and they lose their strength. And they think, no, this is my world, this is my bubble. And it's as far as I can go. 
It's our job within the system as the leaders, as the teachers, whoever it is, to embrace the idea of cutting that rope and embracing our power to go out there and be powerful. Be strong, be courageous, go out there and take some chances. You can create chaos, you can create havoc if you want to. You can flip the world on its, on its side if you want to, if you embrace it, if you truly embrace how powerful you are. I love that like analogy and story, and I think it fits so well because as educators, we, we can so easily fall into that six foot radius. Right. So easily fall into like, well, this is our pacing guide, or this is what seventh grade teachers expect me to pass them, or my admin wants this, or my district initiative is this, yeah. right? So many things keep us tethered to that six foot radius. And I, I will tell everyone out there to sort of piggyback on Dave's sort of mantra here, what I have found, administrators, district admin, like the, even at the highest, highest level, your board of trustees, whatever you want to say, your school board, what they want is kids that feel safe, mm -hmm. kids that feel supported, right. and in the end, results, but, but, I, but I have to say, when kids feel safe and supported, and teachers when you feel creative and like impassioned about your classroom and doing the things that you really want to do, I gotta tell you, you get the results Boom. and then all of a sudden everybody, like no no one, right. I mean I have done some crazy things <laughs> in my classroom. I really have and I've like thought this is it. This has to be the end. This is my farewell tour right, right here. Right. And in the end actually, quite the opposite. Parents' yeah. feedback was super high. They were telling the admin, this is awesome. Yep. Where are we going to see more of this in school? Right. So, so take that chance because in, in reality, like your instincts, your gut is probably telling you to do the right thing. So good. So good. I love that analogy, that little six-foot six foot loop. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so on Well Played, we have sort of a tradition here to sort of end our episodes uh -oh. with a quote, and I call it reflection time, and mm -hmm. in this reflection time, uh, I'm gonna give you the quote, and then the two of us try to spin it to what we think per, you know, is pertinent to our conversation. Bring it, okay. So, <laughs> I'm gonna actually make us, I'm changing the quote that okay. I had for okay. <laughs> today, because of our conversation, uh, I actually wanna return to the Gandhi quote. Okay. How could we be that change we want to see? Like, how would that impact, you know, our schools, our communities, yeah. our families, and maybe what are ways we could do that? Yeah. If we were to look at that quote. You got it. So, I'll take that quote and I'll do you one better. I'll add a quote on top of it to layer <gasps> it. Uh, a reflection time on reflection boom. time. Let's see what we can do. This it's is like, crazy. It's like a museum a house, of mirrors. A house of mirrors. <laughs> um, so the best quote I ever got as as an educator. It's probably the best advice I ever got in life was don't ever begin a sentence with, I can't wait until, dot, dot, dot. Because then you start missing out on those moments. And I think that that is that's so powerful, going back to the Gandhi quote, don't wait until the other person does it. Don't wait until the time is right. Don't wait until the conditions are perfect. Just do it now, because you're gonna miss out on the moments right now. You're gonna miss out on the kids in front of you now. You're gonna miss out on your opportunity to grow if you don't start now. Get out there and do it. Whether it's a 30-day challenge and you wanna become a vegetarian for a month, go do it now. Or do you want now. a month of do it. It was fun. <laughs> or you want to go out and run one, uh, every day for a month? Do it now. Do don't, it. Don't wait until January first when you flip the calendar. Do it now. Do it now. What, whatever it is, do it now. And take it from a, a school, a former school principal. Words that I hated to hear were, "I can't wait until I can try this next year." Yeah. Do it now. Just do it now. I think teachers are like notorious for shelving good right. ideas. Yes. We're like, well, 
I'll look at that in summer. We hoard bad ideas in our back room, but we don't. <laughs> we put the good ideas off into the distance. We do, we do. I, yeah. I love your idea too of just like put in put into action. If something's good for like tomorrow, then it why not? Why aren't we not doing it today? There you go. Right. Uh, so for me, breaking down that that quote, being the change you want to see in the world. Uh, truly like for your own sort of attitude for your own I don't know what's the right word here for your own like feeling inside like so for your own happiness and joy uh, it is unbelievable the power and control you have over your world from as simple as picking up those wrappers right. to saying you know your pleases and thank yous to I don't know today at the convention center 3,000 teachers entering this convention hall <laughs> and there are all these workers holding the doors you know making sure we all have our badges and I mean person after person after person pouring into this thing and you know taking that moment to sort of just say thank you to the right. to the woman holding the door for me and, and thousands of others you should have saw her light up and just say like you know no problem have a great day you know yeah, learn so yeah. much and I want to live in a world where that woman smiles and does her job to the best of her ability, even though it's probably not the job she so totally wants to hold right, the door right. for thousands of educators walking in. But the point is, she became the person I kind of want to have in the world mm. by me initiating that, that joyful so moment, right? That's so good. And like, we can literally create. Like, I want to live in a world with nice people, but sitting around wanting everybody else to be nice around me. Oh, the moment I start to be nice, it's crazy. Yeah. Like everyone else is nice. The, the world is filled with great people. It's so good. So, so good. Take that. Take that moment. Uh, thank you so much Absolutely, for being man. part great. of Well Played. I hope we can have you on again. You got it. Maybe even in person if we're so lucky. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. That's fantastic. Uh, you can check out Dave's work. We're uh, bold humility. Humility. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You know, all over the place. Uh, you speak and yeah. present, so check out, you know, see if he can come to your school, make that difference in your world, your conference. Uh, as always, it's just super honored to, like, chat with you and everybody else. It's so awesome that you're part of this journey, and many of you are actually a part of this, these shows. So thank you so much for taking part in the Well Played community. You guys enjoy your week and play on. <laughs>